right, welcome everybody to this ninth episode of Reliving the Lights, a Friday Night Lights Rewatch podcast. My name is Josh Kuypers. Here's my co-host. I'm Anthony Hookman. Welcome to episode nine. All right. Uh, so, Anthony, uh, we were just discussing, you voted today, and yes. that's, that's very important. Uh, why, don't you, why don't you give a little PSA today on the, the importance of voting and why you chose to get out there and vote? Oh, wow. Well, um, I mean, I think voting needs no introduction. (laughs) Uh, I I don't want to get too political on the show, but I think there's a lot of obvious reasons out there right now why voting is important and why we need maybe some better people in in offices from the top to the bottom. Uh, Particularly, I think, in both of our home states or both of our current states, rather. Yep. yeah, we need a little bit of fresh blood and, and some new people. And and I think it's important to go out and, and exercise that right. Um, I did go out and vote today for both city council and for um, school board uh-huh. for my current home of Brookings, South Dakota. Uh, shout out Cassie Juba, who I voted hey. for for the city council. Uh, she is a... Um, a person that I have met, <laughs> I wouldn't call us friends, <laughs> but we do have a lot of mutual friends and, and I know that we share a lot of the same values. So right on. Um, it is important, like I said, from the top to the bottom, <clears throat> you know, it all, it all starts at home. So it is important for those city council elections to be voted on. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of, uh, in our very own hometown of Platt, South Dakota, we, they recently had a very important city council and uh, school board election where our former Platt Black Panthers bus driver uh, ran for both for both of those uh, offices or whatever you want to call them, gave it a valiant effort, put out some pretty bold uh, advertising marketing in the, the Platt paper. Yeah, he ran maybe the most fascinating campaign that I can remember. Um, I was going to say since the 2015 mayoral vote, but that wasn't as exciting because of the ads run as much as it was because of how it ended in a tie and they had to roll dice to decide who was the winner. (laughs) They rolled dice to decide the mayor that happened in our hometown. Yeah. But some, some pretty aggressive, actually any chance you have that plat enterprise sitting around. I'm, 99% 99% sure I've got it in the living room right now. So Okay, yeah, let's read it. <laughs> so here is an ad that our <laughs> former hometown bus driver took out in the Platt Enterprise. <laughs> yeah. Be sure to vote on June 2nd. A vote for this person is a vote for change and transparency. If you can't vote for me, vote to remove the incumbents in both the school and city elections. The virus won't get us... <laughs> Fake masks are leaders wear will. <laughs> then he follows it up with, thanks to the police department for the protection at the school board meeting when they were preparing to stab me in the back. <laughs> so we get a real peek into the mind of this guy who is a bus driver in a town of 1,200 people. Yes. And yeah. <laughs> It, yeah, and you can you can read further exploits uh, of this guy in the Platt Enterprise in the City Council minutes. Uh, he's usually there raising a ruckus in one way or another. But but anyway, uh, it is important to vote, and just like you said, uh, I think we can all agree that we need to shake things up a little. So get out there, no matter what you believe, and uh, go ahead and vote. And uh, <clears throat> by the time this episode airs. I'm just going to do a little math here. <laughs> yeah. It'll be early August. Okay. Uh, by my, let me just double check that. Yes. It'll be early August if we continue on the week to week schedule. So uh, we do have an important election coming up in November. That's by the time you're hearing this, it's, yeah. it's even closer than when we're recording this. So yeah, we'll really be in the thick of it when you're listening to this. So we we probably don't have to tell you how important it is. Well, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, Just a classic green belt premium. Right on. Standby. Yep. And I got my Northwest Iowa bush light. 
I went to the the local clubhouse at the golf course today to get some work done with my wife. Grandma was over watching the kids. And the big news there was that they they had bush light on tap uh, and they were pretty excited about it. <laughs> that was one of the things she she noted. She's like, and I do want to note that we do have bush light on tap, which is pretty exciting. Uh, <laughs> so that was big news down at the the Ridge Golf Course. But all right. Well, yeah, let's get let's get into it. Episode episode 109. We have Full Hearts. Full Hearts um, is the name of the episode. Uh, why don't you bring us some of Movie Dude 1's synopsis magic for us today? I would be honored. With a very intimidating opponent on the horizon, Coach Taylor deals with his former starting quarterback and his unfaithful girlfriend and his starting quarterback dating his own daughter. Lila and Tim face repercussions of their own actions, and Smash deals with having to go back to his own old hometown for the big game and dealing with old feelings regarding his father, all while facing the issues surrounding his secret steroid use, especially when his sister begins to notice the changes in him. Boy, Movie Dude 1, I gotta say, not the most eloquent guy out there. I know I've said in the past, but I'm going to keep noting it. That (laughs) last sentence is (laughs) extremely long. There's only two sentences in that whole synopsis. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And the second one is two-thirds of it. So, uh, yeah, definitely more functional than uh, (laughs) artistic, but we we still appreciate it. Somebody's got to do it. We're glad uh, that you put the time in Movie Dude 1. Okay, so this episode opens right off the bat. We've got Smash shooting up some steroids in his car in the parking lot at church. Right outside of church. Uh, uh, Presumably right before he goes in. Yes. Why he waited until (laughs) church was starting to shoot up in his car, I'm not sure. But it certainly makes things dramatic when the pastor is preaching a sermon on uh, how uh, the secret things are going to come to light and God will know if you turn away to other gods and all that. So it's a pretty, yeah. It is nice and dramatic, and then we see Smash sitting in the the pews of the church, visibly sweating while <laughs> while the pastor is preaching this uh, this uh, hellfire sermon. A little bit, uh, if I may. He yeah, do be sweating. he do be sweating at that point, <laughs> and uh, it yeah, he looks like he's gonna puke or cry or maybe the old puke and cry. I don't know. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, he's feeling pretty convicted, we'll say. Yeah. And meanwhile, we also get some cuts to Lila, who is also in... Right away, I was trying to figure out, like, it seemed like she was, like, in a tiny church, like... A, yeah, like a hospital unlike, chapel. <laughs> yeah. Well, right away, like I said, it looked like she was in a tiny church, not unlike the one out by the uh, Plowin Bridge. <laughs> right, the Wayside Chapel. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, in fact, she is in the hospital chapel praying. And then she's, we see her kind of going to visit street or she's, I don't know if she's going to talk to him or what, yeah. but street is tearing down photographs of the two of them that he's got hanging up on his uh, court board. Yep. And all the Dylan Panthers things too. It appears he's just done with it all. Lyle's can empty the whole thing out. Yep. Uh, starting, starting fresh. Uh, but angrily uh, tearing things down. So Lila comes in and she's crying and apologizing for cheating on him with Riggins. And Jason's just not hearing it. And so he kicks her out, tells her to go away. Well, meanwhile, we've got, we get a radio broadcast from Slammin' Sammy Mead. Slammin' Sammy Mead. Where uh, he's talking about how Gatlin is the game that's coming up. They're looking to be a tough game. He gets a caller on the line. Yep. That says some pretty questionable and borderline problematic things. Yes. He says uh, that okay. uh, going to Gatlin is, and I quote, like going to another planet. And you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he follows that up by referring to Gatlin as both inner city and it's the hood. <laughs> yeah. Which probably realistic for West Texas, in the, especially in the early 2000s. But <laughs> Uh, yeah, problematic for sure. And uh, the problematic references to Gatling don't stop there either. We'll, I have some to bring up later on. Uh, <clears throat> but 
yeah, we find out that that's who the Panthers are going to be playing. And apparently Gatling is very good, very tough, uh, very hard nose. And Smash actually grew up there. Um, that's Smash's childhood hometown. And actually his childhood friend is the best player for Gatling, whose name is Junior Silverio. And we also find out that Smash's dad is buried there. So I don't know if we knew previously that Smash's dad had actually passed away, but we find that out early on in this episode. Right, yeah. I don't think that it had been mentioned prior to this, but we do get a moment where Smash is like, are we going to go see dad? And you kind of have a moment where you're like, oh, yeah, yes. like what's going on with Smash's dad? And then sh- his mom is like, we ain't going to no cemetery. Yep. Yeah, you're um, right. Mm-hmm. So I think that was the kind of the reveal. Yeah, and so Mama Smash is not interested whatsoever in kind of revisiting that history or anything like that. Kind of, you know, implies we we left there for a reason and we're going there for football and that's it. So And it gets explored a little bit more later on in the episode. Yep. Yeah. Uh, kind of not only further commentary from Smash's mom, but a little bit more reasons on why she feels that way about the community. Right. Yep. We're back at uh, the locker room, I believe. And at school, Ooh. word has gotten around. Let me let me cut you oh, off there. Sorry. Ahead. Yeah. There is a scene that contains one of my quotes of the week before Ooh, we nice. get to the yep. locker room. Yep. Uh, where Tammy and Coach are talking about the Matt and Julie situation. And Tammy, like, this is maybe the most naive that we see Tammy like for sure up until now and maybe throughout the entire series because she's like i don't know this whole matt harrison thing it doesn't seem to be going away like i don't know what she expected to happen like her daughter said she was gonna go on a date with this guy like yeah she's it's gonna happen right but um she's really concerned about it presumably because of the comments last week that she found out that one of the rally girls got proposition for three-way yep and Coach gives a great line that is one of my nominations for line of the week. Yeah. He says, uh, at least she's not dating a serial killer or one of the Rigginses. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty good. Yeah. Kind of lumps Jeffrey Dahmer and Tim Riggins in together there. <laughs> Which, if you're a dad uh, of a teenage girl, I would imagine it's about the same. Basically the same thing. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so then we we see in both the locker room and around school that word has gotten out about Riggins and Street getting into a fight. There's a little discrepancy on who punched who, but we do know. Uh, in fact, the rumor going around is that Tim beat up a cripple. Yes. Which is not true. And so Riggins gets confronted in the, no, no, no. Well, we get Saracen yeah. kind of under pressure because yes. he's team captain. And a, a player comes up and asks him, you know, what are we going to do about Riggins? He tried to beat up a guy in a wheelchair. That's about as low as it gets. Right. Yes. Riggins shows up at practice and it's kind of silent. And people are just kind of staring at him. But it's not a friendly, not a friendly deal. Yeah. But we do have then the Tyra and Lila conversation shortly thereafter. Okay where she's kind of asking, Tyra's kind of asking Lila about the Street and Riggins fight, and Lila's kind of keep playing close to the chest, but Tyra kind of lets her know, hey, the rumors, you know, have been flying, mm-hmm. and, you know, you better figure out what your story is because people are talking. Yeah. Lila assures her that the rumors aren't true. Tyra says, well, I haven't even told you what the rumors are. So, mm-hmm. Whoops. We find out about the the hotel situation in, in Gatling, which is where Buddy comes in for this episode. Not in this scene particularly, but the the Panthers are going to be staying overnight in Gatling. And At the, the Cheyenne Motel. The Cheyenne. <laughs> uh, and, which uh, the mayor is concerned about. Regarding the Cheyenne Motel, she says, I don't want to be shot in a drive-by. <laughs> yes. Mayor Rodell coming in hot with those <laughs> accusations or whatever. There's a meeting set up to try and figure this out with the Gatling uh, administration or city. Uh, I don't know, some Gatling folk. And she can't be there. So she recruits Tammy to go along. 
who basically does not get the opportunity to like say no. <laughs> right. Uh, and not only does she ask to go along, she is asked to be the yin to Buddy Garrity's yang. <laughs> yep. Which is one of my submissions for quote of the week. <laughs> Tammy responds, you want me to be Buddy Garrity's yang? <laughs> <laughs> which Maria Rodell is like, no, no, you're the yin. <laughs> this is a great exchange. I didn't even catch that. So that is Tammy's quest for this episode and Buddy's as well. We see Julie and a friend. I'm wondering if this is Lois. I feel like, do we ever actually see Lois? She talks about Lois all the time. I don't know if she has a ton yet, but she does. Right. So an unnamed friend who may or may not be Lois. Yes. Uh, who we hear about a lot. They're discussing the fact that Julie is actually going to be dating or, or is dating a football player. And Julie is trying to make the argument that Matt is not like a regular football player. Right. Yeah. She's like, he's not a football player. He's Matt. And, and she's kind of like, you know, Lois, potentially Lois <laughs> is kind of like, well, he's QB one. <laughs> like, he's, right. He's a football player. So. It's only a matter of time. Exactly. So that's Julie and her friend talking about the date. And then we have Matt and Landry uh, who are out clothes shopping for Julie and Matt's first date at a secondhand store. Yes. The Salvation Army. (laughs) Okay. Was it, that's what it was specifically? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And there's a, uh, Landry is trying to help Saracen pick out some clothes (laughs) and, uh, it's a, a great, ridiculous Matt and Saracen exchange. I, I didn't write down all of it, but I did write down one another of my submissions for Quarter of the Week from Landry. Yep. In which he says, it's called retro and the chicks dig it. Trust me. <laughs> to which Saracen responds like, how would you know like the last girlfriend that you had was in the fifth grade? <laughs> But yeah. they do they do pick out a members only jacket. Members only for Matt. Yes. Which I guess that's our outdated pop culture reference of the week is now Ooh. I realize is my submission. Yeah, no, that's true. The thing is though, so in two thousand six those were outdated and not cool. But the that's members true. only jacket has really come back around like in the last year or so. I did not realize that. Yeah, yeah. Now that style of jacket is is actually pretty pretty in so (laughs) so yeah it was outdated and then uh came back out of retirement but yes landry's very excited about the fact that it's members only it was kind of a a reveal like here we go here's the secret ticket the magic bullet the members only jacket seems very convinced that this is gonna really wrap it up for him yep but we get the next scene where some members of the team, including the unnamed player who asks Saracen what they want to do about yes, the re- uh, street. The, the lineman with red hair. Yes. We see him and often, but I don't know what he, who he is. The, uh, the team, they go, they go and visit Street. Street clarifies that Riggins did not punch him, that he actually punched Riggins. They, Street doesn't come out and say it, but the team definitely infers that the rumors are true about Tim and Lila. Yep. They kind of encyclopedia Brown it and put all the pieces together, uh, the missing pictures and the fact that uh, the nurse said they were the first visitors of the day. So they are going to do what a good, I think it, I think it was actually like all linemen. And so, you know, linemen have this, thing with their quarterback where they've got his b- back on and off the field. So they're going to take care of the Riggins situation for him. We get Saracen. He's confronting or he's talking to Landry outside <laughs> of the football stadium. Assuring Landry again that his grandma is not a witch. Yes, because he's asking Landry to babysit <clears throat> right. uh, grandma while he's going on his date with Julie. Yep. And while they're talking, they get interrupted by coach who uh, for the first time, I believe, of many, refers to Landry as Lance. (laughs) Yeah, which is just a great bit. (laughs) It is a great bit. Yeah. Coach confronts Saracen about the date and then asks Saracen what's going on with Riggins. Yeah. And 
Cirrus is kind of like, you know, he, he gets his old goofus on and he's kind of <laughs> like, well, 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 coach, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, there's a rumor that, that he slept with somebody and, and that it's Lila. Yeah. I don't even know if it's true. So I don't want to, first he was trying not to say anything at all, mm-hmm. but coach pulled it out of him. So now coach is in on the Tim Lila street situation a little bit. After that, it's date night. Date night. With Julie and Matt. Uh-huh. Matt shows up at the Taylor's house and coach answers the door. And I think right away asks him, is that a members only jacket? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> He's just giving him crap about this members only jacket. Yeah. I'm not sure why, <laughs> but. And coach is holding a beer in his hand. <laughs> like, also. <laughs> yes. And yeah, they have an, an incredible interaction. Julie comes down and she's wearing a pretty, yeah, pretty low cut, yeah, high heels. I would, I would agree with with Coach and Miss Taylor. Maybe a little much for a first date. I don't yeah. know. I'm not trying to tell you what to wear, Julie. But for uh, Julie, who is we're not sure a, a sophomore. I think at this time maybe a freshman. I'm gonna guess she's 13 years. old. No, no, no. You're 14 in eighth grade. So I'm gonna guess she's 14 or 15 years old. Yeah. So. A scandalous thing for her to wear at that age for sure yep so coach says uh-uh <laughs> nope and uh so tammy takes julie and they kind of talk over what she's gonna wear and whatnot <laughs> in the meantime <laughs> matt and coach are waiting coach offers matt a beer you want a beer <laughs> and matt says, no thanks i'm driving <laughs> coach says, coach looks at him like he gives him a look like you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, Matt. Matt does take Julie to the movies, and uh, this is where my outdated pop culture reference comes in. That makes sense. I, I realized when I looked down, I can't believe I didn't write that down as a as an outdated pop culture reference, but I do want to talk about it. Yeah. Because they go and see the movie Aragon. <laughs> yes, they do. Which is a movie that you and I saw together. Is that right? Yeah, we, you, <laughs> me, and uh, Joel Dykstra, and maybe there's one other person. Okay, yeah, we yeah. Went. I don't remember what the situation was because it was one of the few times. It was Christmas break. Okay, and you were home, and I like came out and hung out at your your parents' farm huh. for like an afternoon. I don't remember the context uh, or why. <laughs> yeah, because uh, that was a very rare uh, <laughs> yeah. thing to happen. Yeah, it didn't happen. And I remember you were like, oh, do you want to go see Aragon tonight? And I was like, oh yeah, sure. So we, yeah, you, me and Dykstra and, and uh, I think maybe one more person, but I, I can't be sure. Yeah. We went to go see it in Mitchell and it is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. In the oh theater. yes. Yeah. Not, not memorable at all. I had forgotten that I'd even seen it. Now that you say that, I do remember that, but I had maybe no Abe, I think Abe might have been the, Abe would be my guess because Abe would have been into it because yeah. he liked that book series and all that. And then Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Love you, Abe. <laughs> uh, uh, so there and the other the other movie, there are two other movies on the what you call it, marquee. Uh, one was Flicka, which was <laughs> I believe about a horse, yep. <laughs> if I remember correctly. And Deck the Halls, which I did not look into what that was. but That was definitely one of those like mid-2000s Christmas movies. I want to say Danny DeVito was maybe in it. Oh, well, then I'm kind of interested. I'm going to look it up. If I have to watch all the Christmas movies every year anyway, I should get a little Danny DeVito in there if possible. Yep, Deck the Halls 2006, starring Matthew Broderick and Danny DeVito. Oh, hell. Yes. Uh, is there a rating? Did, did is there any sort of indication on how it did? Uh, on how it did, critically or commercially? <laughs> what do you got? Well, I've got a five point oh out of ten IMDb <laughs> ranking and a okay. twenty eight Metascore rating. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. So I, I do not have. I mean, it's a Christmas movie, so you pretty much like start at sixty tops. Like that's what you're gonna get. But <laughs> it looks like it grossed thirty five million dollars domestically. Okay, all right. Yeah, didn't see it, but I do remember. I mean, enough that I knew that Danny DeVito was in it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yep, uh, yeah. So they're at the theater uh, out of Aragon, Flicka, and Deck the Halls. They choose Aragon, and Matt tries to use his cred as QB one to 
to yeah, tickets are sold out. Yeah, to get into a sold the sold out show of Aragon. A lot of people breaking down the doors to yeah to see Aragon. But we we do we get kind of like a cocky Saracen moment, which we yeah. don't get a lot. Yeah, and it's it's almost concerning. Well, because yeah, yeah, she goes up. This is all you know. Two for Aragon. She said the ticket taker says or the box office lady says you know it's sold out, and he's like, well, I'm Matt Saracen, right? And this girl is like. Okay. You can tell, yeah, from her attitude that she does not care. She's the one person in Dylan who does not give a single crap about high school football. Right. And I think that if we if we go back to the Salvation Army scene, uh, Landry is really pushing Matt that I believe the line was, uh, she's she's going on a date with Matt Saracen. She doesn't want the man. She wants the myth. The myth, yeah. And is really pushing him to kind of go big time with uh, the fact that he's QB1 and whatnot. So I think that's the connection there. That's maybe what made Saracen try to pull that card. Yeah. We do bit. get a, a nice reference to earlier episodes, though, in which uh, because Matt says, well, don't you hold tickets for football oh, yeah. players? And then the box office lady says, not since Reyes started a, a three-person fight on the balcony. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, no more more uh, peek into Reyes's previous troubles. Yeah. And Matt's kind of like trying to plead with her, you know, saying, he's not, well, he's not even on the team anymore. <laughs> right. But while this is all going on, Julie gets a call from Landry. Yeah. And Which is interesting. They, Landry calls Julie. I didn't think about that, but anyway. Yeah. I don't know if maybe she heard his cell phone ring or maybe she had his cell phone on her for some reason. Yeah. Matt's cell phone or I don't know. But yeah. Landry calls. Landry, Landry calls. Julie answers. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Grandma is having problems. Grandma Saracen's having problems. Matt needs to come home right away. Um, so they head back to Matt's house and uh, Grandma is... Is, has locked herself in the closet and is very upset. Yeah, she's having an episode and she wants to... Uh, she's claiming that Landry touched her. <laughs> right, and Landry is <laughs> is very much denying. Yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. Matt's not worried about that. No, no, he's not concerned, but, but Grandma Saracen wants to talk to Joel. Yep. And we learn that Joel is... Saracen's grandfather who died like six years previous, I think Landry That's what said. Landry said, yeah. And Landry's like, he died six years ago, you know, and, and Saracen kind of he knows what to do. Yeah. So he puts on <laughs> it's like it's not funny. It's actually really sweet. It's but it's kind of heartbreaking and sweet. Yeah. Yeah. But it is kind of funny. It's heart- heartbreaking, sweet, and funny at the same time because Saracen kind of puts on this voice. <laughs> That's <laughs> like an impression of his grandpa. He's like, oh, darling. <laughs> darling. Are, are you in there, sweetheart? <laughs> and uh, She's and buying so it. Gets, <laughs> she's buying it. And she says, you know, Joel, I want to hear our song. Yeah. And so Saracen sings the old 50s <laughs> tune, Mr. Sandman. <laughs> With, yeah, in the Southern accent. Yes. Low octave. Yeah, and that that does the trick. And Grandma Saracen comes out, and she's very, very pleased that her husband Joel is there. And Saracen kind of keeps the act up, helps her get into bed, calms her down, and she goes to sleep. And yeah, honestly, very ah, yeah. For me, it was heartbreaking. I don't know that that was a hard scene for me to watch. I just felt bad. I guess. Felt bad for grandma. And honestly, to, yeah, it probably has to do with like, that's literally my, one of my, if I have to list like my worst fears, it's that someone I love will have dementia or Alzheimer's or something, right. you know? And so that's probably why it's so hard for me to watch because that literally is my greatest fear. But right. uh, Saracen as a 16 year old kid or whatever handles it very well. So then... Julie is like, um, I think I'll just have Landry take me home. You're not sure at that point how Julie is feeling about the situation. Yeah, I was ready to give Julie a pretty high hate of me. Yes, exactly. I thought, yes, yeah, I thought she was leaving like because she was weirded out. And Both like, her and Landry kind of give a look 
they share a look that's like, uh, this is weird. Yeah. I still don't feel like my choice would have been to leave. I would have maybe at least asked like, do you want to, want me to stick around or, you know, but no, they're out of there. We're not sure how they're feeling about it. But then we do learn later that Julie does appreciate what she says. She, she feels like she got to see the real Matt Saracen for the first time. Yep. Yep. So it, it does work for her and Matt is surprised by this. Um, but pleased, obviously. We do get another conversation between Landry and Matt, which is, has another great Landry line that I would put up for my quote of the week, but not uh, not a finalist. Okay. But Matt and Landry are in the cafeteria, and they're talking about how the day went. And Matt says, I blew it. Your stupid jacket didn't help. <laughs> and Landry goes, well, Matt, there's no reason to blame the couture. <laughs> Because you couldn't pull it off or something yeah. like that. <laughs> Blame the couture. Yeah. We see Buddy and Tammy together scheming how to fix the hotel situation. Yes. Buddy has a line in here that is going to be my nomination for the Sleazeball Move of the Week. His line, talking about Gatling, which we have learned is inner city. Uh, they have referred... Oh, I, do, I feel bad even saying this, but I think it was on the radio that they referred to the defense as the black hole of Gatling. Yeah. For multiple reasons, I think is what they said. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. They, I don't think it was for multiple reasons. It was like, it's no wonder why they yeah. refer to it as the black hole there of you Gatling go. or something like that. Yeah. Was, yeah. So Buddy is talking about confronting the the Gatling uh, representatives in this situation to get better hotel rooms. And he says, oh, Tammy, you know how these people are. Uh, shades of uh, really unacceptable views from Buddy Garrity yes. there. Uh, doesn't come out and say it, but I think we know what he's saying. Yes. Yep. We get kind of a moment where Buddy, and this is, I mean, the this is kind of the Buddy Garrity sleazeball scene of the week, I think, because yeah. he also kind of turns the conversation and tries to use it to his advantage uh, on a personal level because he says something like, Tammy, like, um, you know, I can see why Lila likes you so much. You know, she just thinks the world of you. And then he kind of is like, you know what's going on with her, by the way? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a real quick butter up and then coming in <laughs> hot right after. Yeah. And she kind of dances around the subject a little bit. Yeah. We get another scene with Smash and his, it's just his sister this time. Yep. Uh, Smash is lifting weights and she's basically being his personal trainer, telling him to suck it up and try harder. But they get into a conversation about his dad and going to Gatling and why Mama Smash is so... Uh, adamantly opposed to, you know, doing anything related to their old life. Uh, we do find out that Smash apparently got his nickname from his dad when he ran his bike into the water heater. <laughs> so that's where that came from. But in that whole kind of heated scene, Smash basically has an anxiety attack, um, loses his breath. And so they go to the doctor together. The, the doctor says, nothing really wrong. It's probably just stress. And that's when his sister says, I've never seen you uh, have an anxiety attack before or respond to stress this way. You better tell me what's going on or mama's going to find out what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. She kind of says, yeah, I've never known you to have anxiety. And he's like, well, you know, I got a lot going on. And then she's like, oh yeah, is that why you're breaking out Yeah, uh, before, you know, this game too. And yeah, his sister asked him what's going on. He does admit to his sister that he's been taking some pick-me-ups. As some pick-me-ups, yeah. So that cat is out of the bag uh, with his sister. We um, see Riggins pull into his driveway. Tim pulls up in his pickup that he is often seen working on and driving in, so important to Riggins and the football players who had previously been talking to Jason and assuring them, him that they will take care of the Riggins problem. They all ambush him and smash up that pickup uh, yes. hard with some baseball bats and whatnot. And yep. so pretty much just 
yeah, destroy the thing and walk away. And Riggins, yeah, just kind of takes it like, yep. All right. Uh, And the next day, while he's cleaning up the glass, the shattered glass from inside of his pickup and starting to get to work on on fixing it, Tyra shows up Mm -hmm. and she slaps him and says, you know, anyone but her yeah uh regarding lila yeah and then gets in her truck and drives away yeah and billy regan says something along the lines of you know i hope lila was worth it (laughs) (laughs) yeah very supportive older brother um but yeah it's all kind of falling down around tim he's gotten punched by his best friend lila has told him it's over it's done with uh pickup has been smashed and his ex-girlfriend has slapped him across the face. So he's kind of a living embodiment of a country song right now. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, it's really, really coming down on Tim. The whole town of Dillon basically is headed to Gatlin for the game. Yeah, well, they did secure. We do get a scene where Tammy and Buddy are eating barbecue yes. with the city council or whatever of Gatlin. Yep. And this is, I think, a, a, a great subtle buddy moment uh-huh. where Tammy's kind of like, boy, this is, this is delicious. This is the best barbecue I've ever had. Really trying to butter up. Yeah. They don't have uh, it in Dylan. Like they, yeah. Have. Yeah. We don't have anything like this in Dylan. And you know, the Gatlin people are like, oh yeah, we know. And Tammy's like, oh, I'm sure you do. You know, she's really just trying to butter up yeah. and buddy looks really uncomfortable like he has a hard time even being around somebody like (laughs) sort of disparaging dylan and he kind of like (laughs) swipes it away like he's like anyway we gotta talk about something else (laughs) yeah yeah don't even don't even talk about yeah cannot bring himself to either compliment or even like downplay compliment gatlin or downplay his love of Dylan and Dylan being the best town ever. Yep. <laughs> but the, the Gatling people seem to really love Tammy and they, they do get it figured out. They strike a deal. Yeah. She kind of tells her, you know, the whole town's going to be coming in and yes. you know, a lot of money to be made with, with good accommodations or something along those lines. Yep. Yep. So now the whole town of Dylan travels to Gatling. We see the whole caravan and, Tyra, then we see Tyra coming into the streets room at rehab. And she basically says, well, I figure since we're the only ones left in town, I'd come up and I was going to rent a movie. But then I thought, eh, she pulls out a brown paper bag with a liquor bottle in it. A handle, a 175 in there. It was a big (laughs) bottle. (laughs) Yes. So, yeah, they, so they kind of have a moment there, uh, kind of a misery loves company type situation where, yeah, she's bummed about Tim, and uh, Jason is bummed about Lila. So, yeah, they're going to drown we, their sorrows. We later, I don't think I took no, notes on this, but we do later see them playing quarters and very, very intoxicated yes. in, in the hotel room. So, that's kind of where that storyline drops off. We'll just note it now because I don't think any, anything no, of that's value. True. Nothing else comes out. Street kind of does a, like... Texas forever, uh, yeah. like mocking cheers with, with Tyra, but that's about all that comes from that. Yep. He kind of mocks Reigns and that, and then, and then she kind of mocks Lila. And mm-hmm. Yep. They talk about whether they'll ever be able to forgive him and whatnot. But. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, we head over to Gatling, and Smash, his family, is kind of having a little barbecue with some old family friends, and they're their old neighborhood, presumably. Uh, and we see Junior Silverio, who is Gatling's best player and Smash's childhood best friend. And the dude is literally like, he looks like he could be in the NFL right now. Yeah. Like he yes. is ginormous. He's got the Michael Strahan uh, front teeth. He just looks <laughs> like a defensive lineman uh, yes. for the New Orleans Saints or something. But during this, Smash's mom is talking to an old friend, kind of laying it all out there, kind of bearing her soul a little bit. 
and it goes maybe a little bit too far even yeah. like even if smash wasn't in within earshot yeah. because she's basically says not even basically she straight, up, she says, straight up says we i think are better off with him being dead yeah and you can even kind of see i think i remember her friend's face even being a little bit like ooh whoa <laughs> um and so smash overhears this overhears mama smash saying yeah i think we're better off with him dead smash leaves angry and then we'll kind of fast forward here he comes shows up later that night to the hotel after bed checks and all that I, okay i want to point out here and <laughs> so they originally the hotel the motel that they were going to stay at was the cheyenne right mm-hmm. which was described as a roach motel mm-hmm. and then what was the hotel that they suggested that, but they said it's that's a five star hotel. Oh yeah, yeah, I you don't know. And then Tammy, Tammy, you know, strikes the dealer. She says, you know, why don't you just call over there and tell them how much money they're going to make? Maybe the lower the rates. So we're going to assume that they got set up at the five star hotel. But then we see Smash and Mama Smash outside of the hotel later that night, and it is a drive up motel. Yeah, it's, it's not a, a five star. No, she's like sure. out on the balcony of the motel. With the rooms on the outside and all that. So, yeah. We don't know where they're at. But anyway, Smash comes back and it's after bed checks. But Mama Smash says, I'll smooth it over with Coach. But where were you? He had gone back to their old house to see it. They kind of have a heart to heart. And Mama kind of lays it on the line and gets real honest about who Daddy was. So, so Daddy wasn't necessarily who smash thought he was um or there's more to him than smash was aware of so we find out that on the night he died what smash thought was that he died he was hit by a drunk driver is that right that he yeah that i i can't remember how it was explained but it was kind of implied that he was that he was he was on his way home from work from work yeah quote unquote and uh, that he, yeah, there was an accident, presumably a drunk, because somebody ran a red light. So I don't think yeah, it was okay, explicitly sure. stated that it was a drunk driver, but somebody ran a red light and that he never stood a chance. So she must have been really going fast. But we also find out that there was another person in the car with Smash's dad. Yeah. And that we kind of inferred that it was a woman and that... Mama Smash was not the only a woman in Papa Smash's life. Yeah, so that's that's hard for Smash to hear, obviously, but um, it it kind of smooths things. Oh, I, yeah, I don't know if I'd call it smooths over, but um, kind of takes away the sting of Mama Smash's comment because Smash realized he didn't have the whole story. It puts it puts it into perspective for sure. Yep. Um, but then we do get a small scene where Smash is visiting his father's grave and, you know, it's still his dad and he still loves him, but, yeah. um, but. Okay. Pause. Okay. I have a quick story for you, but okay. So I was, okay. So Smash finding out about his dad reminded me of this. So I, we got our taxes done today Mm -hmm. and okay. So we know the tax guy. He like went to the church that I used to work at. Mm Mm-hmm. And so we were talking to him and he was telling us crazy stories of things that have happened in that tax room. And one of them that he told was a couple who, uh, like a married couple had tried to do their taxes at home, but it wasn't coming out right. So they came in and their state tax return was like $600 less than what they thought it should have been. And so we're like, well, we can, there's like a number you can call and they'll tell you why, like it's coming back that way. So the guy calls the number and they're like, well, there's a $600 court charge from Woodbury County. And the couple's like, what would that be? And so they like ask the person or whatever. (laughs) And it turns out this dude got uh, caught with a prostitute in a different county. And so that was coming up. Those charges were coming up on the state tax return and they decided to get a divorce right there in his tax office. Oh, (laughs) Woof. Yeah. That's a, Ooh, that's a tough one. (laughs) Yeah. 
So anyway, yeah, he had a couple stories like that. We're just like, holy crap, dude. That is, I don't think you get prepared uh, for yeah. these situations with an accounting degree. <laughs> right. Yeah. Seriously. Okay. So the game goes on in Gallon, and Junior Silverio is kind of just dominating the game defensively. Yeah. Yes. He's literally every tackle we see is... <laughs> Is Silverio. Yeah, that's what I have. Silverio making every single tackle. And this is the fourth quarter, and it is still zero to zero. So, yes, yeah, it's a, a real defensive barn burner. Yeah. Uh, but Silverio actually ends up tackling Tim Riggins in the backfield uh, in, the, in the end zone. In the end zone, and yeah. they get a safety. So it's two to zero. <laughs> yep. Uh, we get a quick scene of some girls in the crowd that are harassing Lila. Yeah. Regans gets hurt on that play. Um, and so they are, they're saying, yeah, why don't you go take care of him or whatever, Lila. And then it's getting increasingly more aggressive and volatile, I would say. Um, yeah. So they end up like throwing water on her and, and yep. yeah, they're saying all this like uh, stuff about Regans. I don't remember exactly what's said, but they, they make a, uh, straight up, you know, uh, allusion to Riggins. Yep. And so Lila storms off the field and under the bleachers and Buddy Garrity in the Buddy Garrity anti-sleaze ball move of the week. Yes. Says, you know, hey, I'll I'll take this one mm-hmm. and goes down and talks to, to Lila and Lila kind of bears her soul. Um, yeah, she admits she was unfaithful to Jason. She lays it all out there in... You know, I wouldn't say that Buddy hit it out of the park, but he does a nice job. He's a he real does. human being for the first time. We're on episode nine, and this is the first time Buddy Garrity has shown evidence of uh, being a human being and having a heart. Yep. Yeah, a very, very rare display of, of good Buddy Garrity. I honestly don't know how many of these we get throughout the series, but it's <laughs> not a lot. Yeah, we've got one. Um <laughs> I also want to point out that as Lilo's getting heckled and like they straight up called her like a bitch and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, Tammy, the school guidance counselor, is just sitting there watching it happen. Yeah. Uh, you can tell she's concerned, but yeah. she's not getting in. She's not interfering. No, which I don't, you know, I don't know what exactly the role of the guidance counselor is at Dillon High School, but I feel like any teacher or person, faculty or staff at uh, our high school probably would have stepped in at some point. Oh yeah. Uh, shout out to Sadie Hansen. She would have absolutely gotten, gotten <laughs> oh, yeah. involved. She would have, she would have gone after those yeah. young ladies. No doubt. Um, I do want to just quick point out it going back to the, how many buddy Garrity, uh, good buddy Garrity moments we get. Yeah. This is the first one. Uh, and we're on episode nine, which gives that puts us at almost 12% of the way through the series. <laughs> so we're looking at less than 10 of these at this pace. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. All right. We'll see if he can step it up. You know, I, Buddy later on is, is humbled quite a bit. And so maybe there's some in there where he is forced to have a heart a little bit. Right. But uh, so. We are down to the last play of the game. Panthers get the ball back because it's a safety. Um, and so they have 13 seconds to score. So, and, you know, basically have to go 80 yards or, you know, where I don't know where they got the ball back, but, you know, somewhere 70, 80 yards. Yep. 13 seconds. Um, Riggins comes back in. He's hurt, but he's got one more in him. And the team, the linemen, Yep. Really give give them the respect. They say, you know, way to tough it out. They they put in the the fists yep. and they all they all bump and Yeah, he's he's got their respect back, so that's good. And sure enough, the, that little bit of morale boost is enough Ooh, for him to yes. get a huge block yeah. on Silverio. Lays him out. And Smash has got a wide open field, makes the touchdown, and the Panthers win two to six. <laughs> Two to six, last play of the game, which is three out of four so far. Uh, Yeah, so you can't even really say a huge come from behind win. It was a huge moment, but yeah, two to six was the final score. 
Panthers win. Uh, in getting swept up in the moment of the victory is Matt Saracen, who yes. plants one on Julie, <laughs> sweeps her up, and gives her a big old smooch. Tammy sees this from the stands, laughing and rolling her eyes at the- <laughs> what's going on. Yeah. Yes. Um, and Julie kind of has a moment where she... You can tell she's not mad about it, but oh, she yeah. kind of gives him a like, I got to go. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it was it was nice. It was a, it was a very high school high school relationship moment. Yes. And I appreciated it. And is that where we end for the game? That's that's the, end for of the, the episode. episode yeah. yeah. We'll take a little break here and then we'll come back and go a little more in depth with a few of our characters. Yep. All right, we are back. Uh, we're going to get into a couple of the characters. Um, this was really a Smash episode. We we got a lot more of Smash's backstory. Um, his story really deepened, I guess. We got to know his family a little more. Yeah. So, what would you say were the the major things that we that we learned about Smash? Yeah. So we learned uh, basically about Smash's dad, where he is. You know what happened? Why he isn't in Smash's life? Um. We learn how Smash got his nickname, which I thought was a pretty funny, <laughs> but also, you know, integral moment. Yep. Yep. Connected to dad. Mm-hmm. We get a little bit more of Smash's past in Gatlin, growing up kind of in uh, what, because there's a scene where, where he's talking with Junior the night before the game at the big cookout. Yep. And Junior kind of tells him, like, you and me were the only guys who really have a future right. that we grew up with, which... Um, I think says a lot about, you know, the environment in which Smash grew up. Yeah. And there's actually a deleted scene where we see Smash go back to the old house and it is super sketchy. It's run down. The owner of the house is like, he pulls up and gets out. He's like, what? What do you want? It's really confrontational. And Smash is like, I used to live here. Would you mind? Never mind, and he just kind of turns around and leaves. And so, yeah, it's it's we see the neighborhood that he like literally grew up in, and it's not looking good for sure. Yeah, so just that that rough upbringing. We we see him continue with the steroids, which maybe gives a little more dimension to that. Even like, yeah, this really is his his ticket out for a family that has been has had it hard for a long time. Yeah, this is his opportunity. So he's going to do whatever it takes to get out of there. And he had kind of mentioned that before, but we see it in a, in an even deeper way uh, in this. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, I, I, th- I think this added a lot of depth to smash as a character beyond him just being the weird sports, uh, you know, the weird athletic guy who can be as weird as he wants <laughs> because he's extremely athletic. Right. And as cocky as he wants, which we love, I love smash, but, um, yeah, this this definitely humanized him a lot. Well, I also want to talk about in this episode the uh, Julie Matt Landry Grandma Saracen, I guess story. <laughs> Those are, you know <laughs> yeah. uh, the storyline that kind of encompasses all four of them. I love this budding relationship. Yes, it feels very earnest. It feels very real. Where. Tim and Tyra and Jason and Lila don't feel like actual high schoolers. Matt and Julie like feel like real high schoolers um, who are legitimately terrified of each other, but like also completely enamored with each other. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's pretty sweet. They're great. Um, we do get a little bit more depth with the, I think we kind of already had a pretty good understanding of what was going on with Grandma Saracen, but we get kind of another angle of it and really see how bad it is. Yeah, I was struck by, like, even the fact that this 16-year-old kid has to basically, like, get a babysitter for his grandma in order to go out on a date. Like, that's the kind of crap that I have to do all the time now, (laughs) 33-year-old man, uh, just to get a couple of hours, you know, with my wife. But this is a 16-year-old kid that has to, yeah, find someone to watch his his grandma. So, pretty tough. But grateful for good old Landry, uh, (laughs) who's there to step up in whatever way Matt needs, whether it's wardrobe or... (laughs) grandma sitting yes yes shout out to landry couture if you will I should say. <laughs> yes this also led to 
uh, as we talked about the great interaction with coach, which, which I love and uh, some great stuff with Tammy, which I think I kind of want to move on to Tammy as well, who I I thought had the nice, a nice arc in this episode as kind of a a woman jumping off of in a previous episode where she's, I think in episode four, where she's catering to Uh the party Uh that coach underplays. And she's just kind of a woman who does not want to be involved in all of this, but she has no choice because she is the, coach's wife yeah she is swept up in the raging currents of the river that is being the coach's wife yes yeah and yeah getting involved and it turns out she's really good at it yep absolutely (laughs) but she's charming everybody loves her yeah but definitely sometimes to her mental expense yes (laughs) yep and she's (laughs) she's pretty bad at saying no (laughs) too is part of the problem Absolutely. She's a very nice person and nice people sometimes have a hard time saying no. So, mm-hmm. Anything else with our characters? I think that's those are the most important characters of the episode. All right. Well, why don't we just move right into awards then? Coach Taylor this week his inspo rating. Um, I feel like we almost saw more of coach as a dad this week than as a coach, even though there, there was a football game in this episode. Yeah. We don't get much of coach during the football game at all. No, no. Aside from the call to put Riggins back in. Right. That's really it. So there's not much practice. I mean, we get a couple practice scenes, but it's, it's minimal. So Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to rate him pretty low. I would say maybe like a three or a four. Yeah. Not really by his own, like by any fault of his own. No. But just for kind of lack of opportunity. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm good with a, I'm good with a, let's go with four. Because again, I don't think it was anything he did wrong. We yeah. just didn't experience it. So. I agree. All right. So, Coach is at a four. Um, the Julie Taylor Hato meter. I'm going to put it at just a flat zero this week. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't like do anything super endearing or anything like that, but was fine. Um, a couple of times that she kind of blew off Matt in which she didn't necessarily have to in the way that she did. Yeah. Uh, particularly after the grandma song and yeah. after uh, the kiss on the field. Yep. That's true. That's good. Kind of brought her down a a little bit in my eyes. Yeah. I would have been on the negative side of things, but, but those are good. Those are good points that I wasn't taking into effect or into, into account. So let's go with a straight zero on the Julie Taylor hate meter. You're still doing good, Julie, you know, keep it up. We're, we're not going to fault you too much. You're a 14, 15 year old girl. So you're allowed to not know how to handle those situations. Angie told me today she she listened to the first two episodes today. Yeah, and she said that she was like, and I'm I'm really excited to do. Uh, I th- I think we need to do an episode with the significant others at some point soonish. <laughs> yeah, um, because Angie was like, I feel like I really relate to Julie Taylor because I was the coach's daughter yeah. and all this stuff. Yeah. And she's like, I'm kind of worried that you guys are kind of hating on her. And I was like, Oh no, trust me, you'll hate her <laughs> it'll be justified very yeah. soon. Yeah. You'll understand. Yeah, for sure. No beers this week that I was aware of. No, no. I, uh, I wondered if maybe after the uh, after the fallout from the last episode that we would maybe see a triumphant return of the big rig beer tally. And I, I think it's not too far behind, but yeah. But no beers this week. Yep, as of right now. Keeping it clean. Music cue. Did you notice anything? I didn't the ones that I did notice I wasn't in love with there was like a weird like new metal song during the football game that I noticed yeah um there was one really very 2006 sounding song that I heard and I was gonna shazam just to see what the heck it was but (laughs) it did not pop up but it didn't impress me too much so I'm gonna call my music cue of the week Matt Saracen singing <laughs> Mr. Sandman. <laughs> yes. Very good. And I 
I assume you're seeing this on the IMDb page, but it says Mr. Sandman written by Pat Ballard performed by Zach Guilford. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Zach Guilford being Matt Saracen. So that's good. Uh, the only music that I noticed was in the, the church when smash is in church, the, the song that they're singing. So I'm a, I'm a worship. I'm the director of worship by trade. The song they're singing is my worship is for real. <laughs> And I feel like I take a lot of crap for uh, people thinking, and legitimately so a lot of times that, you know, uh, worship songs are shallow and all this. I would very much disagree with, uh, you know, kind of current worship music. Like, yes, back in 2003, it was bad, but we got good stuff now. But this song, Jesus, my worship is for real, (laughs) just over and over again. If you like, have to say it, if you ha- exactly, <laughs> if you have to say it, then I'm not sure <laughs> that it's as real as you think it is. But that was the only music that I that I noticed, uh, <laughs> just because of my profession. So uh, wasn't super impressed with that. Uh, Buddy Garrity sleazeball move of the week. Um, I'm going with Buddy being uh, kind of a what's the word veiled racist uh, with calling the people from Gatling. Those, you know how those people are Uh, not cool, buddy. Yeah. I think that whole scene in uh, Julie or in Tammy's office, I think is, yeah, the buddy, buddy Garrity sleazeball scene of the week uh, between that particular comment and the uh, trying to get Tammy to talk about, you know, the, the things that his daughter has shared with her in confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, buddy having a really nice moment with Lila, the first, <laughs> the first yeah. good buddy Garrity moment. So all things considered, buddy Garrity almost comes up even, but not quite because no. you're racist, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> not okay. It's hard to come back from that. Uh, so outdated pop culture reference of the week. We actually have some this week and yeah. basically everything on the marquee at the movie theater, uh, going to see Aragon, <laughs> which we mentioned when we were off mic here that, uh, featured Garrett Headland, who yes. has come up several times, not actually in the Friday Night Lights TV show, but is very Friday Night Lights TV show adjacent. Like that dude yes. has a lot of connections. So he was in the Friday Night Lights movie, of course. Yep. Right. Uh, Aragon, Flicka, and Deck the Halls featuring Danny DeVito and Matthew Broderick. So I'm gonna, I really am gonna check that out uh, this coming December. I think. holiday season. I'm gonna hold you to that. Yeah, please do. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's the choice. I do think the members only jacket thing is meant worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. However, that at the time was already an outdated pop culture reference, and Ooh, I that's think a good that point. I think that Aragon is a great extremely 2006 <laughs> reference. Yes, absolutely. Good. Uh, so then we have our, our quote of the episode. We've got a few submissions here. Why don't you start us off? Yes. So I've got a few written down. Um, two quotes from Landry. The first being it's called retro and the chicks dig it. Trust me. <laughs> uh, and then later in the episode, also referring to fashion. Well, Matt, there's no reason to blame the couture. (laughs) But my submission for my winner, my choice for quote of the week is uh, from Tammy Taylor, or from Coach Taylor, excuse me, to Tammy Taylor. At least she's not dating a serial killer or one of the Riggins boys. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's very good. Uh, My my only submission was... uh, Mrs. Taylor saying, uh, alarmedly asking, you want me to be Buddy Garrity's Yang? (laughs) Um, That's a good one, too. But, yeah, let's go with the Riggins boys. And I believe that leaves us uh, only with our rating of the episode. I think it's a strong seven. Yeah. Not great, but had had some heartwarming moments, had some funny moments. Uh, had some really like really real moments, especially with the Williams family. So I think uh, a solid seven is a pretty good place to land there. So episode 109, Full Hearts. 
we're given a solid seven. And that wraps up what we what we needed to talk about concerning this episode. So yeah, as always, I say this every time, but I'm looking forward to it's episode true. ten. Yeah, yeah, is for the same reason that the first time, well, not the first time you watched it, but that first summer that we watched this together, that we would often stay up till two thirty in the morning watching this. It's because you want to yeah. watch the next one. Back when, back when we could still do that. Cause I think you and I both that summer, I mean, you said you were getting up at like six in the morning to go work construction and I was working out at Snake Creek yep. and I was getting up at seven every morning and like, it wasn't a problem. Like I was like, yeah, I'll <laughs> yeah. stay, oh I'll stay up till two or three in the morning and then wake up at seven and I'll yeah. be fine to go work maintenance for a campground. And, and now like. As we're recording this, it's 10.55 p.m. right now. And I'm like, I got to work it. I got to get up at 7.30 tomorrow. I, gotta, I don't know. I don't yeah. Know uh, yeah. Times times have changed. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the pace that we're on right now with, you know, anywhere from one to three episodes a week is is a lot more manageable, I would say. I than, agree. I agree. Than burning through them three at a time. So, <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, we will see you all uh, next time for episode so 10. Yep, I'm um, looking forward to it. And that's all we got. Peace. Let's touch God this time, boys. Let's touch God.